Welcome to another episode of my USNA Midmoms and More podcast based on my book, A USNA Mom's Journal, Plebe Summer Through Commissioning and Beyond, Everything You Need to Know. I walk with step-by-step through the four years of the journey to equip you with information to make sure that you're successful. I invite you to visit my website, usnamidmomsandmore.org, where you will find my blog, also my podcast, and my Etsy shop, where I feature handcrafted items that show our Navy spirit. I also invite you to explore my new red line in honor of those who are deployed. My book, my podcast, and my blog are my labor of love to pay it forward to my Navy family, and your support is greatly appreciated. So now I'd just like to introduce my guest, Tisha. I'm very excited to have this conversation with you about one of your sons who began as an enlisted. So I'm just going to let you introduce yourself. And then if you can tell us a little bit about you and your affiliation to the Naval Academy. Thanks, Anne. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited about this. Um, Well, I'm a mom and a wife. Um, I have two sons, um, both who have chosen the military life, which for that we are extremely proud of them. There's no way to be anything but proud of them. Our oldest son is in his first year at the Naval Academy. So we're very excited about that. And that's the son that we're going to talk about today in the podcast and his path to getting to the Naval Academy. And then his younger brother actually just commissioned um, through NROTC. So Naval ROTC, which is another layer of our life as um, military parents. So again, very proud of them and very excited about the paths that they have chosen. As we chatted before the podcast, there are many paths to getting to the Naval Academy. There's NAPS and then Admittance to Naval Academy. There's Foundation and then a Naval Academy. There's Direct Admit, which would be high school directly into the Naval Academy. And of course, enlisting, and there are several other paths, but um, today we're going to focus on your son and how he began as an enlisted. So your mid is a prior enlisted Marine. Yes, Uh, ma'am. Yes. And um, I have many friends who are Marines. I actually have a podcast episode with a friend of mine who's a Marine spouse of now 17 years. They're on their fifth or sixth deployment. And so I love our Marines. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about how he ended up enlisting. All right. So like Ann said, there are so many paths to get there to the Naval Academy. And really for us, it was not a path that was even in our thought process, really, to be honest. Um, Our mid went to a small high school, played baseball, um, was recruited and went to a small D2 school in Arkansas to play baseball. He did that for a year. And then he was like, "Mm, don't think that's really what I want to do. So he took a year off and sat on our couch to find himself, um, which was a long year of finding himself. And after several months, he just was like, I don't think I want to go back to college. I think I want to do something that has more value, more meaning, more purpose in life. And so we came home one afternoon to find recruiting brochures on our kitchen island. Um, Love the military, have always been supportive, very patriotic family. So that was not an issue, but it was like, whoa, really? How did this happen? Um, 
So he enlisted and got to spend 13 weeks at Paris Island Marine Boot Camp. So that's kind of how our path started. And even at that, thought college was kind of out of the picture, even that college wasn't what he was going to do. He was going to be an enlisted Marine and that was going to be his life. So that's that's how we got started on our path to the Naval Academy. He spent 13 weeks at um, Paris Island Boot Camp, um, which for those of you that are familiar, um, Paris Island is a pretty tough place to be. It's in South Carolina and it's hot. He got to spend time there from April to July. So it was there Mother's Day, Father's Day, his birthday, 4th of July, all of those things. And boot camp is, like I said, 13 weeks and 11 weeks of no verbal communication with your son or daughter. Um, and for a mom who was very involved with her kids, that was extremely difficult. And for a generation of people who didn't write letters, it was very challenging for them to put into words what they were going through at that time. So that's so how no, he, no phone call, um, no letters per se, were they allowed to write, but not, but they may not have had time or inclination to do that. They were allowed a little bit of personal time to write. Um, I found the school teacher in me wrote him every, we wrote every day and we learned to write him multiple choice letters. <laughs> so all he had to do was circle, you know, do you like the food? Yes or no? Is mm -hmm. your, you know, how, how is drill so that he could respond to us in the most quick way that he could. And just like when we're at the Naval Academy and we see pictures of them doing the O course and PFT and PRT and all those kind of things, I would write that in my letter. What was your score on the PFT? What was your score on the, you know, how fast did you do the obstacle course? So we could just fill in those letters. And so we probably got a letter a week from him. I signed up for informed delivery. I don't know if any of you guys have done informed delivery. So I would get an email every morning that would tell me whether or not I was going to have a letter from him that day in the mail when I got home. So that's such a that good was, idea. Yeah, it was great. And so that was great. But yeah, 11 weeks of no verbal communication, but we did have, we did write letters. So we got really good at writing letters, even being, you know, our generation is not a big letter writer either. So we learned a lot on writing letters. Yeah, I almost wish um, that we would do that more because I know that we enjoyed so much getting the letters from our from our plebes uh, during plebe summer. And then, of course, during the AC year, they, they get away from that because then you have the phone and you text. But getting those letters, especially expressing yourself as a parent and encouraging them is is so wonderful. And 11 weeks, I mean, we talk about seven weeks for plebe summer, but 11 weeks plus another two. So 13 weeks altogether. And that kind of brings to mind one of the mottos that I've clung to when my kids are deployed or when I, in, in the case of plebe summer, where you don't know that much, is that no news is good news. We did find that. And that kind of is a, a funny story. We had heard, you'll get the arrival call that's very scripted. And it's basically, I've arrived upon Paris Island. Thank you for your support. Talk to you later, in, in essence. And they're screaming in the background. And so, and you're screaming, I love you. I love you as much as, you know, you can. And so that's what we decided. Okay, it'll be 11 weeks and we won't hear from him. So it was probably three or four weeks in. I was in the backyard 
And all of a sudden my phone rang. And of course, just like when we have plebe summer, you answer any phone call from any number because you don't know and you want to make sure that you get to talk to them. And it was a South Carolina number. And so my heart literally just went to my feet because again, no news is good news. And if you hear from them, something bad has happened. So I answered the phone and I'm like, hello. And he's like, hey, mom. I'm like, hi, is everything okay? Yes, ma'am. Are you home? I'm like, yes. He said, I need my passport number. Can you get that for me? I was like, yes, let me go get that. Even at that, there was no, there was no like chatting about how things were going or anything like that. But then from there on, there was, you know, we just, we waited patiently for the letters to arrive and for them to be able to have liberty to give us a call on that Sunday. Okay, so the 13 weeks are over and let's draw a parallel with plebe summer where then you have plebe parent weekend. Is the, Did you go through that equivalent in uh, after boot camp? We did. There's family day, which is like the first day of plebe parent weekend. So we got to go that morning and they do what they call a moto run, a motivational run. And so you have your banners and your flags and you're yelling and screaming, you know, because you see them run by you because it's really the first time you've seen them in 13 weeks. And they do that run and then you get them for the day for several hours and a little different. You can't leave the island. You're on Paris Island and you can't leave. So you take a picnic lunch, you go buy all the stuff you need at the exchange, similar to the mid store, and you spend the day with them there and then you have to turn them back over. (laughs) to their drill instructors that evening and leave again, which that was a little challenging too. I'll have to be honest. And then the next morning is graduation. It's very exciting. Every, you know, it's lots of ceremony and that kind of thing. And so then after graduation, they get to come home for 10 days. So a little bit different than plebe summer. Um, They get to come home for 10 days. You can pretty much do whatever you want over the course of those 10 days. And then they leave again and go to what is called MCT, which is um, Marine Combat Training. And that takes place over at New River, Camp Lejeune area in North Carolina. Since my son, our son was not an infantry, infantry enlisted, he only had to go for 30 days. Okay. So he did that for 30 days. Again, very little communication because they're out in the field. They're sleeping outside getting rained on they're hugging their rifle (laughs) yeah yeah learning to use their rifle take it apart put it back together clean it all those very important things and then when he finishes at mct we were fortunate and blessed because we live close enough to north carolina that we could go over for that graduation as well Mm -hmm. again we saw him like a day he actually got in our car and we drove around new river and he slept he was so tired he just slept in the car which that was fine. I was happy to watch him sleep and we had to see him graduate. And then they put them on a bus, took them to the airport and flew them to their MOS school, which is their military occupancy specialty, which is basically their trade school for what they're going to do, what their job is going to be in the Marines In the Marines. His was signals intelligence. And so he um, got to take a plane to St. Angelo, Texas. There's not a whole lot in St. Angelo. Not a very pretty place to be, but that's where kind of our true USNA path really started. It seems like a long time to get there, but that was really when it started. He was doing excellent. He was, 
excelling. He was telling us all the things he was learning. He'd be talking to me and I'd be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But it was so great to listen to him, to be excited, to enjoy um, what he was doing. And I know that as a parent, that's what we want. We want our kids to excel and to do what they were made and called to do. Absolutely. So he was doing great there. Again, I'm a little bit naive to the whole military world. And so I figured he's going to do this and he's going to go to a duty station and he's going to be deployed and that's going to be life. He calls us one afternoon and he says, hey, mom, hey, dad. We're like, yeah, what's going on? He goes, I think I'm going to apply to the Naval Academy. We said, excuse us, the Naval Academy, you know, that's college and (laughs) you didn't want to go to college. And um, USNA is like hard college. And he's like, yeah, mom, but they save spots every year at the Naval Academy for enlisted Marines and Navy sailors. They save some spots every year for kids to go to the Naval Academy. I think I'm going to apply. I said, well, I think that's great. And you know, then he's kind of said that and I just kind of let it go and thought, okay, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. He's one of those kids that kind of got you know, through life, pretty much what he wanted. If he applied for a position, he got it. But I thought this may be the first where he wants something and doesn't get it. So he went ahead and applied, correct? Yes, um, ma'am. The application process is different. So they, is different. So they don't have to go through the whole application and, and the Dodmerb and getting the nomination. Tell us how it's, how it, how it's different uh, for the enlisted. Okay, they do still do the whole application process. He had to still supply his SAT scores and his college transcripts and his high school transcript and all those kind of things. But there's no interview with a congressman. There's no interview with a senator. His nomination actually comes directly from the Secretary of the Navy. Um, if that's not a nomination, I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. so that's um, that pretty much does it. But again, um, he had to do all that totally on his own with Mm -hmm. the exception of occasionally, Hey mom, could you give me the email address to my counselor at high school? Hey mom, could you look up the number and send me the phone number to my college, you know, admissions office. Mm -hmm. Other than that, we had no idea whether he did it and got it done or he started it and said, well, this is too much work and I don't want to bother. So he did that and Like I said, he just did it and several weeks passed and he calls one afternoon. He's like, hey, guess what? We're like, what? He goes, I got in. And me being so encouraging, I said, you got into what? Or you got in (laughs) where? I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. He goes, I got into the Naval Academy, mom. And we were actually walking the dog and I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You got in. That is, so, that is, you know, I think he probably thought, well, so gee. exciting. That must have been so. Yeah. 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 He was probably thinking, gee, mom, thanks for all your support. <laughs> you know, <laughs> as a prior, as somebody who had been out of high school several years, he got in with the qualification stipulation that he would go to NAPS, the Naval Academy Preparatory School in Newport, Rhode Island. So that was his path. He finished his MOS school in San Angelo and he had about six or eight weeks before it was time to come home for a few days and then report to Newport. So 
he actually had a great experience getting to be on the staff side of school, learning some of those things that he'll, he will learn or has learned at the Naval Academy. He, he had to do room checks and, you know, these kind of things. So he really did get to learn kind of the flip side of mm-hmm. things, which was a great first experience for him. He loved his time there and then came home for a few weeks and we kind of took a road trip from our house all the way to Rhode Island, which seemed like it was at the other end of the world, um, even though it was just up the coast, but it was still several states away. Yeah. So he ends um, his time at his school, Marine Intelligence School, and then he goes to NAPS and what, um, I'm not going to go too in depth into the NAPS experience because I have a podcast specifically for Napsters, but, um, as parents having experienced Marine boot camp, how was NAPS different? I mean, Marine boot camp has to be one of the toughest, but anyway, we have used the saying you survive Paris Island. You can survive anything. You did 13 weeks at Paris Island. This is three weeks in Rhode Island one of the first places that people vacation, Newport, you know, so you you can handle anything. Remember, it's three weeks. You can do anything for three weeks. And so that's kind of how we approached it. As a mom, it was a little challenging for us because it was so far away. Okay. Um, For us, where we are, Paris Island wasn't that far. Um, North Carolina wasn't that far. Even when he was in Texas and St. Angelo, we had friends and family that weren't that far away. But now Rhode Island just seemed like forever away. So really, it was probably the distance more than anything else that was challenging for me. Okay. How about communication? How is that different from, let's say, and we'll be talking about plebe summer in a minute, but from boot camp and, and plebe summer, how is communication at NAPS between uh, the plebe and parents? Yeah. So at NAPS, they call it NDOC. Mm-hmm. And it's three weeks long. And they pretty much, if I'm remembering correctly, got to call home every weekend. Okay. Um, so I think we got three phone calls through that. And um, kind of similar to plebe summer, though. I mean, 30 minutes maybe was every week. So you kind of saved up your stuff and you didn't feel like too much had happened um, in that time until you got to talk to them again. And NAPS is not as good as uh, USNA, but they did post pictures and so every so often we would see a picture of him and we would be excited that we, we saw a picture. And my husband said, I had a part-time job of looking for pictures of yes. him, but that's important. I wanted to see what he was doing. So NAPS has a parent's weekend, not at the end of NDOC, but they have one in the fall. And so we were able to go and see him in the fall. So it was very doable. For uh, from a parent perspective, very from a parent perspective, especially having been through Paris Island, right? Mm-hmm. So, and how about your son? Because I find that most interesting because here is a young man who went through 13 weeks of Marine boot camp, went through his other Marine uh, training, the MCT, right? Yeah. yeah, and then he's moving up because I think he got promoted at some point when he was in, in his MOS school, right? Yes, he did. Um, and so now he's at NAPS and he's almost starting from the bottom again. So what was the NAPS experience from your enlisted's perspective? NAPS was a big adjustment for him. Because like you said, he had done boot camp. He had kind of trucked through all the processes. He graduated from boot camp as a private first class at MOS school. He um, 
promoted to Lance Corporal. So he was on that path, trucking right along. And all of a sudden, boom, we're back at the bottom of the barrel. Now, at NAPS, as a prior, they keep their active duty status. Oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah. So at NAPS, he was active duty. Um, Lance Corporal was getting his active duty pay while he was there, but was still a Napster along with the kids right out of high school. But we're going to have this year of refresher and encouragement until they went to the Naval Academy. So um, it was a big adjustment for him to be there. And he knew it was necessary in his heart to be there at um, NAPS. He knew that was a necessary step to get to where he wanted to be eventually. He had a hard time reconciling it some in his mind. And, you know, he'd really, man, mom, they just do dumb things. And mom, they don't understand what it's like to be in the Marine Corps or the Navy. They've not been. So there was some of that kind of stuff. Um, but it was an adjustment. But he also really started to get buckled back down on his academics, which is what he needed to okay. be ready to be at um, USNA. At so Navy that was real important. I'm curious to, to find out what his perspective was, because here he is a prior enlisted and he's probably 22 21 22 23 and he's being bossed around by I don't know kids that are younger than he is that a lot of them haven't been out except maybe for their trainings in the summers because the NAPS detailers are pretty much firsties that were former NAPSers correct right so and when when they're there at NAPS doing NDOC, they don't um, they don't know who their detailers are mm-hmm. as far as they don't realize that the detailers that are there probably were sitting in their very same shoes four years ago. Okay. And some of those were priors that were there. It's interesting. He's there at NAPS right now as a platoon commander for their NDOC. When he told us that that's what he wanted to do this summer, my husband and I just laughed at him. And he was like, what's the deal? And I said, when you left NAPS, you said <laughs> you would never, ever go back. <laughs> you would get out before you went back to Rhode Island. I said, and now you've chosen to go back as a, de- you know, as a detailer platoon commander. Again, when you're right in the middle of something, whether it's senior year of high school, plebe summer, youngster year, sometimes you have blinders on and you honestly cannot see the big picture and you get just a little bit removed from it. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, there's more to life than right here in front of me. And I think that's one of the things that he has learned through his time at NAPS, his time at USNA, that the world is bigger and there are reasons for doing the things that we do. As a parent, I found that out when I was on a tiger cruise on my son's ship. Uh, they were returning from deployment. And so I had the opportunity to spend nine days. Wow. Ship. And I was able to speak to a lot of his friends that were also JOs to his enlisted and a lot of enlisted around the ship. And it's funny because I asked his friends that had come from Naval Academy that had commissioned. And I said, well, do all those like silly things like chow calls and prono, I, I mean, like, how does that fit into your training now that you're a naval officer? And they giggled and they said, you know, we thought it was crazy. We thought it was silly. We thought it was a waste of time. But now that we're here, now that we're officers, we have to memorize and synthesize 
and apply such a huge amount of information that now we look back and we're saying, oh, okay, that's what those child calls were for. That's what the pronos were. Oh, it kind of begins. So so there's a method to the madness, if you will, of how they do things for sure. So moving forward in into the journey, he obviously completes NAPS successfully and gains his appointment to the Naval Academy. Tell me about your third start, because I think third time's a charm, right? Absolutely. Uh, You've gone through Paris Island, you've gone through NAPS, and now you're going back and he's starting again at the bottom. God bless his soul. Um, And he's starting, how was was I-Day? How was plebe summer for your family and for your son? Well, we'll throw an extra dose of crazy into oh. our I day experience and plebe summer and academic year. We were COVID. Oh my gosh. We had plebe summer through COVID. So our plebe summer existed through masks. Talk about finding a needle in a haystack. Try to find a kid in a group of people with a mask on. That added to the added to the fun. Our I day experience, even without COVID, would have looked a little different because he was still active duty. He had to actually report to Eighth and I, which is in D.C., the Marine base there in D.C., because he actually had to sign his DD two fourteen, which is his discharge papers. Um, so he actually became a veteran um, because he had to finish the contract he was on to sign his midshipman contract. So because it was COVID, we literally drove up the street there at 8th and I, and he got all of his stuff out of our car and marched across the field and went inside. And he's like, Mom, I'll probably be able to see you in a little while. We circled DC for like an hour. My husband's like, we got to get going. And so we left and didn't see him again. And then the Naval Academy transports them from DC down to um, the Naval Academy and the Napsters and other priors. They report a few days before I-Day. So they were there ahead of time. And then of course, with the COVID I-Day, they were staggered coming in anyway. So it was a it was about a week before they all got there. But coming in, even though he was at the bottom again as a plebe, there is a certain amount of responsibility and expectation from the Naval Academy for those kids that were at NAPS and at um or were priors. They're like, you guys know some of this stuff. You need to make sure you've got your act together. Now, there's their plebe detailers don't necessarily know they were Napsters. They don't necessarily know they were priors until that just happens to come out. But there is some expectation that you're going to be an example because yeah. you do know what's going on. Yeah, they try and spread out the prior enlisted, the um, Napsters in particular throughout the brigade and throughout the companies so that they can be a help. And as you said, an example to the to the incoming plebes that have no idea what's going on. So I remember I have a, a former student that is that was an abster and is now a second class. And she gave um, advice to a plebe, uh, a child that's a friend of mine. And she said, find an abster, stick by their side because they know what they're doing. They know how to fold the clothes. They know this. They know that. They'll get you going. <laughs> exactly. So, that was uh, advice that from a from a Napster to a to an incoming plebe who had no clue. So they are very valuable in that way. I had no idea that during naps, prior enlisted are still active duty, that they're still getting their active duty pay, 
And that they have to get out in a sense, they have to do their, they fill out their DD-214, they have to process out of the Navy to process back in a couple of days later. I, I did not realize that. That's really interesting. Also, during our conversation, you had mentioned for prior enlisted who are in NAPS, if they find that NAPS is not for them, they can return to their, to the fleet or to the Marine Corps at any time, Correct. Yeah, without any per se penalties, okay. um, because the Navy and the Marine Corps have both invested significantly in them to send them to NAPS. And even when my son came home between finishing up NAPS and then, you know, heading to uh, I-Day, you know, he was struggling, you know, because at this point, you know, he's been in a little over two years. A lot of those guys he went to boot camp with or they're racking up for their first deployment they're doing the job that they trained to do. And he's going, I'm starting over again. Yeah. Am I really, is this really what I want to do? Do I really want to start over again? again? Yeah. But he fortunately had some maturity behind him and, you know, he knew that, yeah, he could go back and do what it was he was doing, but he knew also that if he wanted to accomplish the goals that he really, really wanted to accomplish, that this was the path he had to take. If he was going to be an officer, this was the path that he had chosen. Therefore, it was the path he had to take to get there. So there was a little, oh, man, am I doing the right thing? Oh, man, this is a lot. But in the end, you know, he knew that it was the right thing. And and as a mom, I didn't think him signing the DD-214 would kind of be a big deal. But I got papers, you know, because this is his permanent address is here at home from the Department of Veteran Affairs. That was that was just so weird to me. I was like, that just, that really caught me off guard as to, wow, what he actually had had done, had accomplished, and in essence was giving up to accomplish a bigger task. That's what I was going to say, that he's giving up a rising career. And, and he's now a military veteran that is also a midshipman or a plebe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you a know. Walking, that's a walking contradiction in, in itself. Maybe if you can discuss some challenges that he encounters. So we've talked about some of the mindset things where he starts a little bit of doubt. Is this the right thing to do? And I can tell you from experience that all midshipmen at some point in their midshipman career are going to have, do I belong here? Or the doubt, you know, because everybody's so bright, you're looking at the top of the cream of the crop, really, I think in the nation, as far as intelligence and dedication and that hard for service, and, and many will go in and they'll expect to continue on that upward trajectory they were in high school and they find they come to a dead stop. And if anything, they're going down and they get their first C, they get their first F, they get, they fail for the first time and they are beside themselves. They don't know what to do and they start to doubt their own ability. And so I've counseled a lot of parents, you know, to remind them, listen, the Naval Academy admissions board is an expert at this and they saw something in you that told them that you belong here. So even though you're having a hard time now, you have to find a way to work this problem, to overcome it, to get through it. Because when you're out in the fleet, you're going to find a problem and you can't come to a halt because there are men and women whose lives are depending on you. Absolutely. So use this time to develop that skill of, okay, 
this is a problem. What am I going to learn from it? And how am I going to overcome it? So he already, in a sense, had that being prior enlisted. But tell us a little bit about a your experience uh, transitioning from NAPS to USNA, and then maybe some of the things that he encountered that maybe would have been challenges or not expected. Absolutely. I think probably one of the hardest things for him was being older than most of his peers, um, even older than some of the um, youngsters in second class and firsties, you know, so that was, you know, there was some challenge there. Um, but he had the military mindset. So the military, the marching, the drill, the PT, all that stuff, I won't say came easy to him, but he was very prepared and ready for that. That was, he was good there. Probably academics were probably a challenge for him. Um, Naps was a huge plus to have had that refresher. Um, but um, academics were harder for him. But again, he began to get that big picture mindset, being a little bit older, being a little more mature. So as he, he's been at uh, the Naval Academy every semester, his GPA has increased. Okay. He is just, you know, he's decided that that's important. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, he never, ever, I shouldn't say, as far as we know, never once he got to the Naval Academy, did he ever doubt that he would stay. That was never a question. Um, I remember saying, well, once you sign your two for seven, we'll find our house for commissioning. Mm -hmm. And He said, do you think I'm not going to sign it? I said, no, I just think that's a good time to do it. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. um, I, I read Anne's book and that's what she, you know, she said. <laughs> um, so um, anyway, but for us coming to the Naval Academy off of NAPS was really an improvement as a parent. Because there was so much more information and knowledge and communication between parents. And um, our Georgia Parents Club was a big, you know, huge plus for us. We got involved with them. And just being able to know he was finally on the path. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say the final path because that's not it. But on that path that was going to get him to commissioning. He was finally on that um, path to get to commissioning. And, um, for us as parents, we were excited for him. Mm. Um, and so, and you mentioned a little earlier, them putting the Napsters and priors all over the brigade. He was, and I remember his roommates, his plebe year, their parents being like, Oh, showed them how to roll their sleeves and mm -hmm. that they, you know, marched right. And they knew their prono and all those kind of things because they understood the importance of that. Right. And that was probably a challenge for our son as well, because he knew the importance of the military side of the Naval Academy. And it would frustrate him sometimes that some of his classmates were not taking that part as seriously. Right. But yeah. like you mentioned earlier, we have a class of 1200 who were all valedictorians and salutatorians and Eagle Scouts and, you know, all those kind of things. Sometimes the military side of it was the side that they struggled at mm -hmm. and kids who have never really struggled. Don't like to struggle. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's kind of that double-edged sword, no pun intended that they have to, they have to, they have to get it. They have um, to learn. Yeah. They have to learn how to get through it and they yeah. have to accept it. And, and I think the biggest lesson is just to learn 
from your mistakes and yeah. then move forward. So as a prior enlisted, and then obviously as a mentor to plebes, what other leadership opportunities since he's, since he'd had this prior experience, did he take advantage of at the Naval Academy? As with all of them, they are expected to have some type of leadership. And as they progress through there to have more leadership. Um, so our son looked at it from kind of a 20,000 foot view. And he was like, what is it that I'm interested in and what will I enjoy doing? Um, so that's really how he looked at the leadership. So at the Naval Academy, there is a Semper Fi Society, which is kind of the Marine Corps Society there at the Naval Academy. So he immediately got involved in that. And he's held leadership positions there, I guess, the last two and a half years mm. uh, as being part of that group. And um, part of that, knowing he wanted to go back Marine Corps, but also those were his people. He felt very, mm -hmm. you know, connected with that group of people. So that was very important to him. Um, he um, was a squad leader. Um, he also was part of the eight. ATFP. I always had to write that down because I never could remember how the initials went. Um, but that's the anti-terrorist protection force. Mm -hmm. So when you're on the yard and there's the formal parade or you're at a football game and there's the gentlemen and ladies that are walking around in their camis with walkie talkies on and red bands on their arms, that's your anti-terrorist um, protection force. And so that's what he did for three years. The um, he's not doing it his first year, but he did it those first three years and really took a leadership role there. And really, of course, part of it, I think might've been that he didn't have to wear his dress uniform and march in the parade. We'll be honest. Um, but it was very much his, he was very much in his element there. He really enjoyed that. Um, he took advantage of, um, being a detailer last summer, um, he was a detailer for first set, which that was what he wanted. He's like, I want to be part of the ones that break them down. I want to break them down. And, <laughs> um, like, wow. That's kind of scary. But um, anyway, yeah, he I, and, and he's got some pretty good examples, right? From Marine boot camp, <laughs> yeah. uh, with the drill sergeants in the first hat and second hat and third hat. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I could imagine. <laughs> yeah. So, so he's really, and again, this summer he's been at Leatherneck, um, which is the Marine, kind of trial basis kind of thing um, that you have the opportunity to do before your first year. And then he's a platoon commander at NAPS um, for induction um, there at NAPS. And he'll do that right up until time to come back to the Naval Academy where he'll be a platoon commander in his company. That's fantastic. That's so, I'm, I'm so happy that he, uh, that he, because he, in a sense, he almost burned a bridge, right? Because he had to get out. Right. So he got to like leave the Navy. So I'm glad that he's found um, a way to use those talents and skills at the Naval Academy. And then he'll bring them uh, as an officer. I'm assuming he will service select if he hasn't already Marines and hopefully he'll get his service assignment. Yeah, that his first choice is to service select Marine ground. Of course, we all know that that is all dependent on the needs of the Navy mm -hmm. and the Marine Corps. Um, but he did well at Leatherneck. So he has high recommendations. And for the most part, the priors are able to go back to their Marine Corps. Community. That's what if they want to or Navy, if that's what they came from. That's typically, you know, unless they just do something really off the wall. 
they're normally able to go back to their community. Because again, the Marine Corps already invested a lot in him. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they would like to, you know, get some fruit from their investment. Absolutely. So looking back as a parent and you, you went through I-Day and plebe summer, you're in this, so you've been in the enlisted community, you've been in the NAPS community, now you're at the USNA community. What surprised you the most about the USNA Naval Academy community as a parent? Um, probably the parents themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I love all the interaction on the Facebook pages and the all the communities and all that. I love being involved in all that, but it also surprises me sometimes is how involved some of the parents still want to be in the day-to-day that's the goings on when I'm like, well, you know, your kids signed up for this and um, they've got to make some of their own decisions. And so I've had to occasionally bite my tongue because I'm like, yeah, yeah, you we're know. not. It's hard. I think it's hard for, and that's why one of the constant messages that I get out there through my blog and the podcast and even in my book is that you need to let go. You need to land your helicopter, your your lawnmower, your tractor, whatever your parenting style is. You need to just stop, park it, throw away the keys, get out, and let it go. Uh, because we're not part of the chain of command anymore, right? And you exactly. would understand that very well uh, from from being an enlisted parent and NAPS and now USNA. And so we, you know, everything, the information that filters down is really dependent on what our kids share with us. And sometimes it's not very much at all. That's right. where the parent community comes in so handy. But um, it is so important to trust the process to uh and to let our kids have their their own journey because we won't be able to go on the ship and talk to them and tell them hey hey, the food stinks my kid isn't getting enough sleep and when are you going to give them a weekend off because we don't have a voice anymore as parents our role is completely changed so Mm -hmm. i i do agree with you on that that um, and this is where I guess plebe summer is that time for parents to cultivate that trust. And when they see their kids plebe parent weekend, that they've survived, that they look fabulous in their in their summer whites. Look at how they've grown as people. Their their confidence and everything else is just going to uh, wow them. And hopefully, that will develop that trust that will enable them to drop the reins, so to speak. And, and let their kids have their own journey. Absolutely. Yeah. And as a parent, even not a USNA parent, a Napster parent, anything else, but as a parent, your goal in as parents are to raise competent, well-adjusted individuals that can go out and make a difference in our world. Yes. And sometimes I have to tell parents, even of my students and stuff, Again, trust that you did your job. Now let them fly and let them prove that you did your job Mm. and do what it is that they've been called to do and um, let them have that opportunity. Yeah, sometimes they're going to fail. They're going to make a mistake and you're going to wish, man, I could wish I could have caught them. But you know what? They're never going to learn if they never hit, hit their bottom, you know. Yep. They've, they've got to learn, at least for us as parents. I always think 
man, he's making his own decisions. Our younger son, our ensign, just moved into his own apartment. Wow, he he did that. He's a, he's accomplished these things. And as a parent, we can be nothing but proud of what they're accomplishing. And the fact that they made it to USNA, that's huge. The numbers in themselves explain that that is a huge accomplishment. Huge and accomplishment, yeah. Let, let them be confident in their accomplishment that they got there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you have so many perspectives to base that opinion on, right? Uh, having been through, and, and for me, Paris Island is probably the ultimate. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it has to be like hell on earth. But anyway, if you, honestly, if you can get through that, you can get through anything. And, and that's what my kids also said, hey, mom, if I can get through plebe summer, I can get through anything. If I can get through plebe year, I can get through anything. And, and that's the way that thankfully it's been. So there was little communication talking a little bit about communication from Paris Island. Right. And uh, NAPS was much better. How has communication been at USNA? And, and you mentioned we were talking about not being part of the chain of command. So how does communication work? I think for us, it is trusting our midshipman that he is going to let us know what it is we need to know. And sometimes I don't like the speed in which I get the communication from him, but I also know that the communication that's coming from him is the correct communication for him. Because mm -hmm. every company is different. You know, every year is different. Plebe versus youngster versus second class versus firsty. Those are all different. And, and that's probably one of the um, things that is, a little bit challenging sometimes when you're on Facebook and you're seeing all these different things, you have to remember the communication that you get from your mid is the best communication for your mid. And that's something that, I mean, I have to remind myself regularly because I'll find myself reading something and want to pick up my phone and say, Hey, is this, does this mean this? Or did you do this? And I have to say, he's got it. You know, he can handle it. Um, yeah. If I need to know, he's going to let me know. Although I have to say, sometimes parents are ahead of the curve. Yeah, true. And you know what it is. And I remember uh, having attended a lecture that was being given uh, by the captain who was in charge of the cyber program. And my son was a cyber major, my oldest. And so I had the opportunity to meet him. And I told him about my son and how he's a cyber major. And he's like, oh, tell him to get in touch with me and we can look at an internship or whatever. And I'm like, done. So I sent my son the information and he was able to get an internship. And he's like, thanks, mom. I wouldn't have found out about this if it weren't for. So there are certain times that are very appropriate for parents to hand off information. Absolutely. That their mids may not know. But for the day to day that has to do with the company, that has to do with their daily schedule, with their daily life. Absolutely. And even with a, a Naval Academy regulation and timing, many times they're the ones that know. And sometimes a website is off. So exactly. they are the best source. So exciting, exciting. Your son is now a firstie and yes. diff different path that he took. But what do you look forward to the most for your firstie and for your family? Well, I'm so excited about commissioning, but I think <laughs> seeing him complete his time at USNA on the path that is exactly the path he was supposed to be on, but seeing him finish that and start 
the next adventure in his life story, I think is probably one of the things that I'm really excited about for these next several months. And I know that the next several months are going to just fly by um, as we get to commissioning, but just knowing that he has, he, he chose a path, stayed the course and is now completing that stage and will move on to the next adventure. That's a great perspective. <laughs> and so having, again, this densely layered perspective of these various journeys that you've started and finished and started and finished, as far as being a Naval Academy parent, what has been the biggest lesson for you that you have learned? I think my husband and I were talking about this when I was looking over the information before we got together today. Um, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm so excited to tell our story and but, you know, we're looking at, you know, perspective and who, you know, what we've learned and what, you know, where we're going. And he had a great um, analogy. He said at the academy at USNA, an academy as a whole, kind of as a family, we have a very horizon based view. And that horizon is 20 plus years in the future. We're looking, the Naval Academy is supporting and gearing and training our midshipmen to look for a lifetime of learning, a lifetime of a career, a lifetime of citizenship, a lifetime of service. They're very much looking that way. And I think they very much teach our midshipmen to look that way. That's very different than the enlisted mindset. The enlisted mindset looks at three to five years at a time oh. because that's typically how long a contract is. Okay. And so they look very much at that very short time frame. And so that was neat to compare those two um, from a very short, not short sighted, but a very short looking at it in short increments versus I think that the Naval Academy does an amazing job at helping them learn to be lifelong learners and have a lifetime of service and looking at things through those, um, those, through those eyes. That's a great way to kind of end our conversation. Um, and my final question to you would be, uh, what advice would you give parents of direct admits? So they did not do foundation. They did not do naps. They went straight from high school to the Naval Academy especially plebeian youngster parents who are newer to the journey, what one or two things would you tell them or what advice would you give them? One or two things. I would think um, one is, I think we mentioned it earlier is trust the process. Um, the Naval Academy has been doing this since 1845. Mm -hmm. Things change, but some things stay the same. Um, so trust the process, but be a support and a listening ear to your plebe, especially because things are going to be so different for them and listen to them complain, be their sounding board so that if you're their safe place to be their sounding board. And don't and, share it. Yeah. And don't share it. Don't put it on Facebook. Don't say, well, my plebe and such and such company is not happy, but be their sounding board. Know that you're their safe place for them and help them to remember that even though the USNA, USNA family and the Academy is not perfect. They are extremely good at what they do. And your student, your midshipman will be a better person mm. for having been there and stuck it out and commissioned, 
you know, through the Navy, through the Naval Academy. Yeah, I I agree 100% with that statement. Absolutely. Whether they're a five and dive or whether they're a lifer and they stay in the Navy, the lessons they learn at the Naval Academy and right developing the whole individual uh, will carry them forward. And they're not only being trained as naval officers, but also eventually as leaders in their community, as leaders Absolutely. in government. Um, they are supposed to take the mantle on as leaders, even in civilian life. So absolutely. And one thing we say when we um, do our plea parent picnic before our kids leave to go um, to plebe summer, one of the things we remind them is they, somebody saw something in them Mm. that made them be picked, hand picked and selected to become part of the Naval Academy family. And even if they're having a hard day, even if it's a bad day, remember quit tomorrow and tomorrow quit tomorrow because you, somebody saw something in you that said you will make a great Naval Academy midshipman and then a Naval or Marine Corps officer. Um, so I remind reminding them of that when it's hard, when they made that first B, when they didn't get the spot, they, they didn't get the billet they wanted, just reminding them that they're there for a purpose and they're there for a reason. That's very, very wise words. <laughs> and with that, I think we're going to close our time together. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for uh, sharing your story with us. Thank you for giving us the enlisted uh, perspective and not only the enlisted, but also um, the the perspective of a parent that's gone through the whole process from enlistment to NAPS to USNA and now a few months from commissioning. Um, thank you for your family service because both of your kids serve. And maybe we can do a podcast at some other time about NROTC because my youngest ditched Navy to go NROTC at Notre Dame. So we can compare notes on that. Absolutely. Would love to. That's another journey in itself. So absolutely. Totally different. Yes. And so thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your advice, for your insights. And to the listeners, I would say stay tuned for other episodes that will be forthcoming. If you want more information, do visit my website, usnamedmomsandmore.org. You'll find my blog, you'll find podcasts, uh, my Etsy shop, you'll find lots of useful links and information if you look under useful or important links. Uh, All the parent Facebook pages are on there, the main links for the Naval Academy for midlife stuff. It's all there for you, uh, even what to do in Annapolis and where to eat. So um, just check that out. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and close us out. And I'm going to do our Navy cheers. I'm going to say go Navy. And you know what to say, right? So go Navy. Beat Army. All right. (laughs) Thanks so much. Have a great day.